Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. We are already on Tuesday this week. Time goes by. Here we are just walking into the week. And today we're going to talk about something that has been talked about and talked about and talked about and different opinions. I have no ego. I can't not listen to my ego. What is up with ego? How does it do its work? And, and The biggest thing that matters with ego is just the awareness of it so that you know when it's sneaking up on you. You know when it's trying to come in from the back door to get you to distrust yourself. And really, it's like this little, I want to say, like something that could be good until it's not. We need ego because what it does is it gives us a chance instead of looking at it as an enemy or as an ally. That's not even the discussion because when we say we are egoless, if we say that, it doesn't mean we're trying to get rid of ego because we can't. But what we are trying to get rid of when we say that is the illusion of ourselves. Because that illusion, that whatever we think we want to be and we'll do anything for it, that illusion is what gets us in trouble with ego. If I go on that vacation and I overspend, if I buy that car and I overspend, If I don't pay my rent this month because I want to do this over here, but I'll catch up next month. Operative words, catch up. So when ego starts to come in and begin to weave its web, what do you do? Like, yeah, you could do that. Yes, you should say that. Yeah, you give them a piece of your mind. Walk around and judge other people. Live in fear. Live in fear. And then live in fear some more. Because the more you can live in fear, ego has a fertile playground called your mind to live in. It's really interesting how ego comes in. So I ask, because some people seriously will meditate for a half an hour or more a day just to fight their own egos and hear what really goes on in their heads. 
But how do you actually get in and start to catch it so that you know if you want to participate or not instead of you not even realizing that it's telling you to eat that piece of chocolate cake right after you've exercised? That it's not going to kill you, right? No one will ever know, but you'll know. And it's not about the chocolate cake. It's about doing something that undermines everything else you're doing. And I'm not saying chocolate cake is good or bad. I'm just saying that it's one of those things that if you eat it, it starts off a whole parade of something salty, something sweet, because the sugar in it is so high. But that's just as an example. So what do you do? You're at a crossroads. You're upset at someone. You want to give them a piece of your mind. And then that that famous saying, well, how has that worked out for you? Well, if you want to push someone away, it'll work out for you great. But if you don't want to do that, modify your behavior. So what do we do? Well, the first thing we do Instead of saying, oh, no, or wow, that would be great, but how would I pull that off? Just acknowledge that the thought entered your mind. Like, wow, money and nobody noticed as I'm an accountant at work. Or I do have an affair. Wouldn't it be great if you... Gosh, that woman, she's interested in you, and hmm, wouldn't that be great? Acknowledge the thought. Don't try to, because if you push it away, now your whole job is like scared, scared, scared. Oh, my God, what if I succumb to this thought? Think the thought. And when a thought that's like distressing you or it like comes in like guns a-blazing into your mind, Acknowledge its presence. Yeah, you know, a lot of people might think that. Anyone would want to take it to the next step if they got some attention from someone else that they normally don't get attention from. But I don't know that person that well. And it's probably smart on my end not to do that. So now you've thought about it. And the obvious answer is your true answer because that's our gut instinct. That's not something I would do. Why is it tugging at me today? So just stay still for a minute and don't take any immediate action and let the silence that you feel like, oh, wow, I had that thought. Huh, that's interesting. Now I know how people that we've seen the end result of this We've seen what happens to families as a result of this. We've seen what happens to the two people as a result of this. It's usually not any different because ego is predictable, right? There's only only one way in and no way out with ego. So just let your silence kind of hang in for a while. And then after you do that, Let yourself return to the present moment of what you were doing. Let it become a past 
thought instead of a current one. If you are cleaning the kitchen or taking out the trash, just go back and do what you were doing. Don't give ego that in, that invitation to say, yeah, you know, you can do it over here. Nobody will ever know. Because I'm going to tell you one of the best feelings in the world is when you don't act on it. You don't take the money. You don't create that temptation into a reality. I don't. I wouldn't even call it a temptation. It's just ego trying to get you to create an issue, a drama, a spinning plate in your life that takes you away from the present, which is why it's so important to return to the present. This is my family. I love my family. I wouldn't give up my family for anybody else. Me being here is my choice. Nobody has to be anywhere. And to think so highly of ourselves that we would hurt everybody, yeah, we would hurt everybody away from us, not to us. So is that what you want? So as we start to confront these crazy thoughts of ultimately hurting ourselves, which will ultimately hurt the people around us, no matter what we've done. If there's ever anything you can't tell others, it doesn't mean you have to tell them everything, but that you can't tell others, you know that it's not with pure intent. So why is ego important then? What's up with its gnarly little self? that ego is actually necessary because the importance of it, it helps us build our personalities. It manages that fragile identity. Remember how I always say we are as fragile as we are strong. But it helps us manage that fragile part of us, that fragile identity that wants to be something it might not be ready to be yet or doesn't believe it can. It manages it until we figure out who we are and we're ready for that strength to be a part of our lives. Protect us from that entire onslaught of like the expectations of society and it does motivate us to work hard and achieve great things. It's like that little impetus, but it's great until it isn't. It's great until it isn't. Because once we start overexerting our ego and giving it probably the most permission we can and let it run our lives, it will lead us to pure exhaustion. And it will deplete our willpower to stick to the healthy habit of mind and heart. And instead, it will keep us feeling vulnerable as a way of life. And people who have unhealthy egos, they do experience a lot of fear and they're very defensive. That's why when we have an argument with someone, and they are coming at us with their fears and their defensiveness. They become very defensive. 
you will get nowhere. The argument keeps going in circles because that that soul is very vulnerable because when we take ego and let it run our lives, that fragility I was talking about that we're supposed to grow through through our ego now becomes counterproductive. Now we're vulnerable. And when we are in a vulnerable state, it's like walking around with an open wound And we're scared of everything because it's going to make our wound sting. And no matter what anybody says, we're going to have an explanation for it. Nope, I do this because, I do that because one of the examples of ego that I ran across is when I meet a couple who says, oh, no, no, we can't do that. My wife is scared to do that. No, 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 we, we can't say that. She's had a bad experience. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. We can't. And you have, you have a manual of everything you can or can't do because of fear and vulnerability. So you know that they are living in a land of fear. And you know that that's exhausting. And you know that it's ego because without that, we would face those fears and we wouldn't have to give everyone a play-by-play on how to behave around this person. It's super interesting, ego. It's, it's so elusive. It's like here and then it's gone and then it's here and then it's gone. It can play in our minds and repeat and repeat and repeat because we're so scared of it. We don't want to think about it, and it keeps going, yeah, but you want to think about this. Yeah, but you want to do that. Yeah, you probably do. But why you want to do it is your bigger question. I see here in the chat, Francis writes, give them a piece of cake. Yes, I shouldn't have used cake. I should have used something more gnarly, but yes. So what do we do? Ego shows up. We kind of stand still for a minute, and we just let ourselves stand there and think through. Just let your brain take it, take it and go with it. What if you did listen? And then bring your back, yourself back to that present moment. Because there are actually people who teach techniques to learn to let go of the power ego can actually take on in your life. And we all know it when we see it. We all know it when we see it. I have to tell you this story about ego. And I I mean, I actually loved it. I thought it was, until now, it just makes me laugh. But one day, and this was recently, only about, you know, a few weeks ago, I'm walking. And, you know, everybody's wearing masks. And I'm in Southern California, so everybody's wearing masks. And I'm walking with my daughter. And there's this man. He has to be in his middle 80s. Has to be, but in very good shape. And he had this old, spruced-up car. 
and it was shiny. It is shiny and, and beautiful. And I was down by the, by a beach and he was parking in that parking lot and I saw him come in. Now, if you have a mask and sunglasses on, nobody can see your expression. So we've come up with this on our walk with the people we see all the time, this mask language, right? Because we don't really see each other's eyes and we don't really see each other's mouths. So we're basically covered. Our heads are covered. So we talk, we, we talk with our hands, we wave, we do things. So this man is in his car and I give him a thumbs up because I just thought his car was so cool and that he was even out and that was so cool and dressed and revved up and that, man, this guy still got, you know, this awesome personality, this great life in him. And I'm just going by, so I give them a thumbs up. Do you know what he did? He revved up his engine twice. It was like, and then again, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he had the most serious look on his face, like, look at what I've got. Look at what I can do. And his ego serves him well because he's having fun with himself. He enjoys that attention. He enjoys, and he has no qualms about showing it. Ego is something great until it isn't, right? And I just remember when ego first in the beginning, got its bad rap, and I, people that written books and that I know, and then they would say to me, well, I have no ego. And I love saying that because I remember being so shocked, but I didn't know why. Why don't you want to have ego? But there is a downside to ego, but we cannot allow that to make us scared of it. We have to be able to say, hey, you know what, let me run that idea through my mind because I already know it's not a good idea. However, however, let me run it through so that I can play that same tape when it comes back again with the same issue because it is going to come back again with the same issue. It's going to do it. So here's these little things to let go of our egos to the point that we need to once it becomes that place where it crosses a line. And let's see how to work with this. So the first thing we need to do is learn to forgive ourselves and let go of things punishing ourselves for. Well, I did this. Well, I did that. Because we all did something, and we all faced something. The only difference between us is that some of us are able to let things go, and some of us aren't. And there's a saying that the weak can never forgive. I will never forgive that person. I'll never forgive myself for doing that. I can't believe I did that. If I didn't do that, my life would be different. Really? How about going back to the fork in the road and figuring out why you did that so that you can let it go? Because it's a huge roadblock in your life right now when we talk like that. 
can never forgive. So think about that when we think about how we will never forgive someone. You can forgive someone and let them go. You can forgive someone and keep them in your life. It all depends on what you have left to teach each other in the bigger picture. But when it comes to yourself, and if you can't forgive you, one, you'll never forgive anyone else, but you will also be stuck at 8 years old, 10 years old, whatever it is where you had the issue come up in your life. The second thing we can do that lets go of that demand and command that ego can have on us is to practice being honest and being open. You will be amazed when you just say what you actually did that day. Whether it's to yourself or to someone else, you just say it. You're like, yes, I did overspend today, but hmm, it wasn't by much. And I don't think I need to do it again. I feel like I put myself in a position where I'm exposed right now. And now I have to backtrack and try to make up for it. And let's say you say that to your partner. And your partner says, hey, instead of, you idiot, what were you thinking? They say, you know what, we can do this, let's do this together. And the burden becomes something you guys work on. Because you were open. When we face our egos and we are honest, it has a much harder time coming in because when you're honest, what is it going to fight you? The reason it can come in is on your vulnerability. So if your vulnerability is not there, it's going to have a much harder time convincing you to do something to hurt yourself with or distrust yourself. And, and, and the third thing other than forgiving yourself and learning to let go and being honest with yourself and others, surrendering the need for control. Controlling people are the hardest people in the world to be around. It is ridiculous how hard it is for us to give up control when we're very controlling. And I I know a young lady, she's a group of friends that they are a group of like six girls who've been together in college. They're now about 30 years old. They now all work in the same industry. They all work with each other or, or network. And one of them, if one of the girls got too busy or kind of veered off from the group, got a new boyfriend, whatever it was, moved in with a boyfriend, got married, she would get very upset and try to reel them in and chase them down for not being part of the group in the same way they were, as if they've never grown up. And that need for control, that fear of losing who they were as you know, college students kept showing up. And at first everyone's like, well, why is she doing that? And then they're complaining amongst each other. But then something happened. One of the girls said, oh, my God, that's just so controlling. And instead of fighting her, because they really do love each other, and they've supported each other through thick and thin for years, 
instead of fighting her, they said, oh, my gosh, we need to talk to her about it. So they all got together, and they talked about it, and they said, you know, this is making us feel like we have to be here, and we all want to be here, but it's put this, this like, it colored our interaction with each other. So now it became about all of them, including the person who was controlling them, to pay attention to when they do that. It's really interesting. But they understood conflict resolution without knowing it was conflict resolution. But they also saw what control can do. And none of them liked it. And the fact that it was coming from the outside in, it was more like, hey, what's going on in your life? What is going on in your life? And why do you need to do this to all of us? Not only to yourself, but to all of us. And she did admit that she felt like her job was killing her. It was high pressure, and then you'd be off for a couple of weeks, and high pressure, and then you're off for a couple of weeks. And she felt there was no control there, so what she did was she took on to controlling everybody around her. Once she realized that, she realized her job is stressful, and she had to address the stress at the job, which was ground zero, just so interesting how a talk and love and caring which takes ego out because we're not vulnerable we're not scared of the next thing she's going to do and allows that pure intent to work its magic to propel in that situation happens with our kids all the time if you come to your kid and you say well my house my rules They're going to fight you. I can guarantee it. My house, my rules in any form. If you don't do this, I'm paying for that. You know, we go on and on. But if you say, hey, did you notice that you are responding in this way? I know this must not be easy for you. They'll tell you what's going on. What do you really want to see come out of this? They will tell you because they can answer that. But if we start accusing them of stuff, what's going to come out? We've just tapped into their vulnerability exactly the way ego does. And then they become fearful of us and they become defensive. And what happens when we do that? We go into that circular argument. It just never goes away. It becomes the same problem where, you know, 10 years later you're going, ah, they always do that. And now they are pigeonholed. They are labeled on top of being vulnerable and they don't heal. And what they do is they go into the next relationship in their lives and they go in with that vulnerability and that fear and that defensiveness, and they're always scared the other person's going to pick on them for the same things. And when that day comes, they say, oh, my gosh, this is like being in my family. You're doing the same thing. Oh, wait, that makes me feel comfortable because that's what my family does. So now I know you know me. And they go down that 
That's how it looks in the future. We should do the future of ego because when we listen to it, it does have a path, very predictable path, very boring path, but also one that works based on vulnerability as opposed to our strength, our love, our feelings of love. So what do we do? Those silent moments with ourselves instead of fear them. And as soon as you have that that feeling where you can you can forgive yourself, take advantage of it and do it. Only speak truth or just don't open your mouth. Don't try to spin anything. Just speak it and go on. Don't allow yourself to hang on to control. It is not your friend. Enjoy the moments of silence with yourself. And the last tried and true is after you do all of that, just be grateful. Grateful for what you do have. Grateful that you can think this through. Grateful for your health. Grateful for food. Grateful. And you will feel that feeling like you can breathe all the way down to your toes. You guys, good luck. I have like 10 seconds left. Have a great day. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul